Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Today on the show, we're going to be discussing Monday's interview with A. Parker, who talked a lot about collaboration and what it means to lead on and off the stage as a musician. Joining me back in the studio to discuss the interview are my friends and fellow leaders, Mark Swallow and Molly Bowser. What did y'all think about Monday's interview? I thought it was really good. The thing that struck me the most was how confident he was in fighting for what is right and just continually fighting for it and what it looked like. Yeah, uh, I, I think he is super dedicated to his work and also he takes a lot of initiative. It really impressed me with hearing his story of how he kind of got to this point in his journey. Yeah, and that's one thing. If you are a musician or really anything else where you have to be your own promoter, then you really have to make sure that you care about what you're doing and that you know how to move yourself forward. Because he said at one point during the interview, and we're probably going to talk about it a little bit more later on, but if you don't help yourself, then no one is probably going to do it for you. That's something that's good to keep in mind in life. Now, it's great when people help you out, but if you begin to rely on that too much, then that can really just get you into a funk where you're waiting for other people to move for you. And that's, yeah. that usually doesn't happen. So one of the things that I wanted to start off today talking about is why we love the things that we love. Because at one point in the interview, he talked about how he loved music, and really that was one of those things that he couldn't imagine not doing. And I think that's really good for us to, to think about in our own lives. What are the things that we love, and also why do we love them? So any thoughts there? Yeah, uh, I love what I do because I, I made it my own. I, I'm a, I do music all the time, and it's kind of in interesting for me because... My my family, not a lot of them are super into music, or they're not. They're not. They weren't these great musicians that yeah. um, I could have learned from or looked up to. I kind of had to find my own way in what I did, and um, I think a big part of why I love doing what I love is because I chose it, and I also paved kind of my own path to get there, and I made it my own along the way to where I'm doing what I. I've made, and now I just love doing what I've kind of come up with. Yeah, and I feel like it's a lot easier to take ownership of stuff like that. Yeah. So it's good to find things like that in life that you can't take ownership of so that you can be committed to the success of whatever that thing is. It could be something that is your career or it could be smaller. But if you're in a full-time job and someone else is paying you, well, how can you take ownership of that so you care about it and are motivated to do well at that thing? Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, Molly? Um, my story is a little bit different on why do I love what I love? I think it's 
It's largely because I'm good at it. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a leadership role. And that's another thing, by the way, that Abe mentioned. He's yeah, like, <laughs> I'm not good at he's a whole like, lot I'm not of good other at things, a lot else. <laughs> which I'm sure is self-deprecating, but at the same time, he is very good at what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm good at what I do. And not only am I good at it, but I can continually learn how to be better at it. And I really, I just love the challenge of that. And I love it too, because it affects a lot of other people. I mean, I can pull people underneath me. I can pull people alongside me. And that's just, that's really cool to challenge other people while I'm also challenging myself. Yeah. And to be able to see the difference that you're making is a big part of it. And sometimes you don't necessarily see that mark in your world of yeah. music. It takes a long time. You're creating stuff and you don't necessarily see the effect of it until later on. It can be hard to to push past the difficulty yeah. in, in those types yeah. of situations. Yeah. So to that end... Have there been times in your life, either either Molly or you, Mark, where you kind of reached that point where you became bored with what you were doing or you just got burnt out or maybe began to have doubts about what you were doing? And if so, how did you push past that moment, uh, past that time where you knew it was something that was important to you that you loved, but you were just kind of in a funk? About six months ago, or really just at the beginning of the year, so eight months ago now, um, in my role in the church, I I got really burnt out and I kind of just ignored it for another six months because it's easier to ignore it than address it because mm. addressing it means that I'm either failing or I need help. And those are two areas that I'm not good <laughs> at doing. Um, and I kind of just, I kept going and I, I would just continue to ignore it. I knew that I was getting burnt out, but I was, it was starting to affect other people in what I did and in what I was saying, just because you could tell I was weary. And so words would come out and pe- they would be perceived incorrectly because I was not, I was not saying them correctly because I was just so tired. And it took somebody else coming into my life and saying, you need a break. You're taking two months off. This is non-negotiable. And it was up until that point that I was like, oh, other people are aware that I'm getting burnt out and it was, it was not Isn't fun. it funny how we think we're so good at hiding things and sometimes we're yeah, not. Yeah, like it's easy to say things wrong and have people take it the wrong way. But until somebody says something, you're like, oh, I thought nobody knew. Yeah. <laughs> Any thoughts, Mark? Yeah. I 100% agree uh, with Abe saying, you know, you can do the best thing ever and over time you get bored of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I felt that in my own life. Um Leading, leading worship and being music minister, I can, I get really burnt out. Kind of like what Molly was saying. I just, there's just so much, um, sometimes there's a lot of pressure on me, whether I'm always doing something wrong or there's always someone who wants me to do something else or whatever. And it's really tiring. And yeah. uh, I, I, I constantly have to talk to myself and others just saying, you know, I, I don't know what to do. Like this is, uh, I'm getting so overwhelmed and and they, they say, you just got to keep going. You got you to do what you got to do. Do you feel like you've become pretty good at figuring out when you do need that help? Because that's, that's kind of a common thread with what Molly was saying as well. You may recognize it, but do you do a good job of letting other people speak into it? Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, I'm, you know, I've, I've gotten so much like different opinions on things in books and in, through people just saying, you know, how do, how do you combat some of these things that people are saying, whether, oh, it's too loud or... You're not doing enough of uh, this or this. There's always a critic out there. There's right? always a critic, and h- how do you appease every single person if every single person has something different to say? Yeah. And so I've kind of learned over the past year or so, just you know, doing what you can, trying to discern what's what's a real criticism like, 
uh, what I'm wearing on stage or if I'm singing too high or if I'm singing too low or the opposite, whatever. And what's nitpicky like? You need to play this song or I really want you to play this song. So there's always there's always a lot to consider with like my job. And I think that's true with all sorts of of leadership positions. There are there are always going to be people who have ideas of what you should be doing. And especially as a leader, and I would say if you're the top tier leader, this might be easier to have those those goals that you're making the calls about. But then you also have to think about, you know, yourself as a, maybe a mid-tier leader. It's important to know what the goals of your leader at the top are so that you can make sure that whatever you're doing aligns with those. It could be the mission of the organization or it could just be specific goals for the short term that your leader has. But knowing what those are helps to direct you so that you aren't just kind of tossed around by the whims of the people that you're trying to serve. So this kind of begs the question, so what is our game plan for fighting for our job, our career, our role when we aren't loving it? He talked about, I mean... Mark, you brought up, he didn't, it gets boring. You get bored, you get burnout. So what is our game plan for fighting for it when we are getting burnout or when we're getting bored? How, how do we fight for it? I think you should find something new. For me on a different subject, I also create music and I get, I get really bored with myself sometimes. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'll play around and I'll play for hours and I'm just like, I can't think of anything besides these, these these chords or this melody that I've probably heard somewhere else before. Yeah. And um, to get out of that funk, uh, sometimes it takes time for me. I just have to set the guitar down and just walk away or to listen to something else, to listen to a new um, style of music or listen to something that I never listened to before to where I can get out of this this writer's block of sorts and to go somewhere else with what I'm doing. And so I don't know if that can apply to everything else in different leadership positions, but if you can find something new, something new to do, something fresh that you can maybe implement into your job position that will maybe help organize things or help you move past that boredom. Yeah. And I think, I think part of that is changing your inputs for inspiration, which is essentially what you just said, having either other people or other experiences for a musician, other types of music, perhaps having those come into your life so that you can gain some new perspectives. But for something that's more broadly applicable, I would say for a lot of people that would be having coaches or mentors or even just uh, some sort of coworkers or professional group perhaps that will just give you new perspectives or, or remind you about stuff that you already knew but forgot. I remember sharing this set of, of morning devotionals when I was in Honduras and I had four weeks of talk, and I was I was thinking we we hear stuff so often. What can I share that's unique? And I I decided I didn't want to share anything that's unique because it would be too hard to find something that everyone had not heard of before. So I just spoke for four weeks on stuff you already know, but it's stuff you mm-hmm. already know that you need to be reminded of. Yeah. Because so often we know a lot of stuff that we need to be doing, we just forget it. So having people to remind us of that is super important. And then. On top of that, you know, Abe talked a good bit about collaboration, and I think that's a super important part of it. Uh, ha- having other people to work with you, and he, I loved how he talked about it. He said that after collaborating with people, sometimes he'd go back to his own studio and just be able to crank out a song, and it wasn't related to what he had been doing with this other person at all, but it was just something creative was sparked in him, and I think that's such a neat idea that somehow working with other people just gets you thinking in a way that you previously weren't thinking. And that affects not only that particular issue, but all sorts of other areas. 
So one of the questions that I kind of came up with as I was listening to this was, how does collaboration, one, excel our leadership and what we do, but also, two, how, how could it hinder it? That's a good question. How does it hinder us? Because, yeah, it definitely does help us. It provides unique insights, and it it helps us to, to think creatively in, in multiple areas of our lives. But how does it hinder us? That's interesting. I think... It's so easy to take other people's unique ideas or even similar ideas and run with it. But I think that with collaboration, we also feel a sense of obligation to not only work well with them because we kind of have to, if we're working together, we have to work well, but to run so strongly with somebody else's idea or opinion because we feel bad. I think we just, I like with collaboration, we feel obligated to go with it, even if we're against it, which Abe talked a lot about fighting for what is right. And he, I mean, he talked about peer pressure in high school and that, I mean, like to do something that wasn't morally right. He felt peer pressure to do something that wasn't morally right. And I think that in collaboration, it might not be immoral, but it might not be what is right for the mission of whatever. Might not be the best. Yeah. 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 And on top of that, I think that it can be easy for us to just go on autopilot, thinking that other people know what's right or better. It's not only that we just say, hey, I don't want to be the person that upends this momentum that we have going, but we could also say, well, I can just sit back and I don't have to be as involved in the process. So I think if you're the type of person that's willing to take a back seat whenever you're working with other people, I'm not saying you shouldn't collaborate, but what I am saying is that you should be aware of that and make sure that you remain engaged in that process. So another thing that, that Abe talked about were a couple moments in his life that helped him early on when he was in high school. Some some people that spoke into his life that really encouraged him in his career. And it seemed like without that insight, he wouldn't have been as confident moving forward in his musical abilities, which are a huge part of what he's doing today. Do you have anything like that in your life where you can you can look back and say, not only did something important happen in my life that influenced what I'm doing today, because I think we all have those types of moments. It's easy to see, you know, the, the cliche is hindsight is twenty twenty, and that's true. We can look back and see that things were important. Do you have things in your life that in the moment as they were happening, you knew that those things would be influential for your future? About two years ago, I went to a church conference, and my role in the church that I serve in is Connections Pastor, and this church conference is huge. There's a bunch of church leaders that go, so obviously it's a bunch of other people who might have similar roles or even the same exact role, but there was a woman who is kind of a big deal at the church conference. She's She is the Connections Pastor, but she's also an associate pastor. Okay. But on a much larger scale. Sure, yeah. Whereas I'm leading like 25 people, she's leading like 250 people. And that was insane. And we had gone the whole day. We hadn't seen one another. We met and I knew of her. She had known of me, but we hadn't communicated at all. And so I walked up to her at the end of the day, like it was like 10 o'clock at night. We're trying to go home. And I just said, tell me what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) And she just sat down and she was like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing exactly what is right in this moment. Like you are doing exactly what is right. You just need to tweak it. And she sat with me and just told me what it looked like for her starting out. And I just, in the moment I knew this woman was changing the way that I was going to lead, changing the way that I was going to serve in the way that I led and in the decisions that I was making for my team. And 
it was so impactful and it's still so impactful. I just remember she like, she had designed a spreadsheet and I'm all about organization. Okay. I'm really kind of nerdy about organization. And she has this flow chart and she hands it to me and she says, you can have this. And I freaked out. I was like, (laughs) yes, this is what I needed. A flow chart for how to do what is right. And it was just so so good. That that has sparked another question in my mind. Before I ask it, I want to turn to Mark. Any thoughts on this question right here? Moments that you knew were going to be influential in your life as they were happening. I think back to my 10th grade year of high school, so about what four or five years ago, and I was auditioning for the youth band again. I, I'd done it the year before, and it was just a year-by-year audition yeah. basis, and um, I, pl- I auditioned on guitar, and Prior to that, though, my dad had been, and my mom, had been really, really wanting me to audition, like to sing as well. And I did not want to. Uh, it was not something I wanted to do at all. Nobody knew that I could sing except for my parents and my family, and I just did not want to do it. Uh, you know, at the time, I was like, I'm a guy. Um, <laughs> guys don't sing. Guys don't, <laughs> guys don't sing. And oh, so man, that's, that's, just, that's just weird. And so I wanted to play guitar and be done. And my dad had texted our church's college pastor who was involved with the youth band. He okay. was over it. And he said, Hey, my son can sing. And he's in the, that college pastor had taught me how to play guitar. So we had a pretty solid relationship together. And he said, at, right after I was about to walk off, he said, Mark, uh, why don't you sing for us? And I said, Oh, I, I don't. Okay. And so I, I did. And so, um, it was kind of that throwing me into the deep end type of mentality that my, my dad and our college pastor had, uh, with the youth band, with me in, in the youth band, he's, he was like, you're going to sing now, you know? And so I think that's one of those highlights or those landmarks that I, that I look at to see. This is kind of how my love of music started. Uh, it was not when I was first starting to play guitar or tuba in the marching band or whatever. It was that point when my college pastor said, you're, you're going to sing. That's not an option anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so something that looking back, I'm, I'm really grateful for. Yeah, yeah. So Molly, when you're talking about this flow chart and interacting with someone who's your same position but at the next level, that's one of those things, you know, Abe in the interview talked about being able to work with people at Reach Records, which if listeners know someone like Lecrae or Trip Lee, those are the types of names that he's talking about and they're producers and, and it's just the next level of music production and recording and things like that. It's really valuable when you can get to the next level to see what people are doing. Because wherever you are, there's going to be someone who is maybe in a similar position, but at a much larger organization, or maybe who's just the next level up. And being around them is so valuable. Sometimes it's hard to get FaceTime with those types of people. So Molly, you've already shared one example. Are there others like that? And Mark, maybe for you, a time where you got around the next level and you got to see how they do things and maybe maybe in a way that enriched your own abilities and your own insight into that industry? Yeah. First of all, I think it takes a lot of initiative to do that. If you have that kind of initiative to do anything in your job to where you're going to the next level to see how they do things and how you can, how that can impact what you're doing on your level, I think that you're going to go really far with that. So um, kudos to that, that he could, that he took that initiative to go and yeah. seek them out yeah, and say, sure. I, I want to learn from you. For me, it was kind of, a, on just on a chance one, mm. one of christian music's bigger songwriters he became 
my home church's worship pastor wow. down in Louisiana. And um, he's moved on now like a month ago. But um, I interned there last summer and I got to sit with him and just show him one of my songs. And he worked with me on it. And by that, I mean, he, he tore it apart and rewrote yeah. it from the top <laughs> down. And uh, uh, he kept my melody, so that was kind of nice. But yeah. <laughs> um, in that sense, I got to work with the, ne- the next level. This guy was writing for big bands in the Christian industry, and I got to sit there and write with him for two hours. It was incredible. It was really, really um, inspiring. It was really, really scary <laughs> um, showing this guy who's done it so many times. You know, one of my little songs I wrote a year ago or two years ago when I was in my bedroom at home just sitting around playing guitar and and then getting a text afterwards saying, hey, you're on the right track. This is something that you could do. Um, it was really inspiring and really great for me because I got to I got to be with him and he was really humble, he was kind, and I learned a lot from that that quote unquote next level person. And whenever you can not only see what they're doing and learn from them, but also get that affirmation, that confirmation is super valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And the same, the same woman, I ended up asking her to mentor me in my leadership role and it has been really awesome. Kind of along the same line, she takes apart everything I do and says, actually, what about doing it this way? So it was where we met. She was like, you're doing everything right. As we continue talking, she's like, no, don't do it that way. That's wrong. And it's, there's, there's, there's a certain amount of humility in her doing that, but it all, there's, for leaders to ask other leaders, we have to go into it with the mindset of, okay, I'm here to learn. And Abe kind of, he didn't talk explicitly about it, but like just continually being challenged so that you don't get bored, so you don't get burnout, but also so that you can keep growing and keep getting better. And I'm continually challenged by every conversation that we have. Just like, oh gosh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. She's like, no, we're just going to like Yes, you're doing it wrong. Let's do it this way instead. And it, it's just, it's there, really sometimes, awesome. Sometimes there's no better way to say it than you yeah. just need to like do She's it like trying to be kind and I'm like, no, just tell me I'm doing it wrong. I know I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. So as a final question to end up before we get to our key takeaways for the day, Abe talked about the value of collaboration, the benefits of it. And that's great. But sometimes you don't work. You don't work in places that are easily collaborative. Sometimes you really have to figure out creative ways to make it work. Do either of you work in context right now where collaboration comes naturally? In my role, we have a leadership meeting every single week. And while I'm on a break, I don't go. But when when we do meet, it is extremely high collaboration because you'll just say your spiel about what's going on. And then everybody has an opinion. And it just comes out naturally. And no feelings are hurt by it. It's just that everybody has an opinion because it's new and we want it to be great. And we want to create a great thing. And it comes naturally. And I think that all of us have grown used to it where when we're in, we're in context where it's not high collaboration, we're like, I need another opinion. I don't know how to do this alone. That's good. Yeah. So, so you prefer the, the high collaborative environment? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, where, I, where I work being the music minister, I work really, really closely with the, um, the, the pastor. It's a really small church. And so it's me and him and the youth pastor and the children's minister. And we, we meet kind of on the same uh, time, time schedule once a week or once every two weeks and discuss what's going on in our church and what uh, we can all be involved in. But from the music standpoint, I, I, there's not a lot uh, besides maybe with school, with my worship professor. Um, we talk a lot and he's not directly involved in what I'm doing down at my church. But sometimes I can go to him and say, 
you know, this is kind of what's going on. Like, do you have any experience with this? Or I have someone, like I was saying earlier, who wants me to do this. Like, what have you, do you have any experience with that? And how did you respond to that if you had kind of those same questions? And um, being able to kind of work out some of the issues music-wise is a little harder to come by unless I'm at school or talking to my musician friends who may or may not have that church position. Yeah. And I think that that's one of those, that's one of those key takeaways from this interview. Um, Make sure that you're finding people that you can collaborate with, but when you can't find people maybe naturally, then, then take, take Abe's words to heart where you're not just waiting around for stuff to happen. If, If you're looking for something to happen, then make it happen. Sometimes you have to find those extra resources in your life or in your job or whatever you're doing to make sure that you know what you need to know. So collaborate when you can is great, but don't just wait around for people to make things work for you because at the end of the day, if you don't make it happen, then it might not happen at all. Well, what are your key takeaways from this interview with Abe this week? One of my takeaways that really struck me, and you kind of said it yourself, was that Abe, he didn't really wait around for a lot of things. He took that initiative. He went and stood outside gates and, and played for people and asked them to sign up for his email list, or he um, went to reach records, or he went to just sit in on producers doing their thing. So one of the things I got from that was leaders really should seek out their followers instead of waiting for their followers to come. Hmm. And it really it really kind of convicted me in what I do. You know, I, I, I've never really had that initiative to go out and just really push for what I want to do and make it happen instead of just letting it come to me. Like yeah. I've kind of done sometimes. I just kind of, I kind of do my own it's thing. It's definitely easier that way. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You kind of do it and you, you say maybe one or two words about it and see if, you know, thousands of people come and they, they don't, you know? And so, uh, for me, that was really encouraging and also kind of maybe, maybe question my own motives and rethink what, what I'm about. Yeah. You really need to have a passion for what you're doing and then also see that it's, it's possible to, to actually bring about some of the change that you want to bring yeah. about. Molly, how about you? Yeah, um, kind of along the same lines of what we've been talking about for the last like five minutes was um, he talked about how having his wife was a great added perspective. And not all leaders are married, which is, it's just a fact of just being young leaders. But it just reminded me of the importance of surrounding ourselves with um, great friends, trusted advisors, of mentors, who not only will collaborate with us, but who will challenge us so completely with consistent honesty and um, being willing to take the honesty. Yeah, and I have, I have three takeaways for the day. The first one is to look for ways to work with others in a way that helps both of you go further than you could go alone. That's what good collaboration is. And then the second one is one that we've just mentioned a second ago, which is don't rely on others to reach your goals for you. It's good when you can collaborate with others to go further, but at the same time, don't just sit around and expect others to take on your mission and your vision and enact it for you. You're going to be the one who has to do that. And finally, pay attention to those things that you can't imagine not doing. So that's double negative right there, but pay attention to those things that you can't imagine yourself not doing because those things are things that you feel compelled to do. And that might be for a reason. It might be that you're the person most uniquely suited to actually accomplish that thing. So those things that you just can't imagine living without, pay attention to those because they could be really important for you and for other people. Well, Molly, Mark, thank you for joining the podcast this week. Hey, absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining the show this week. 
I hope you learned something new and feel more prepared to take leadership in your own life to the next level. If you found this content valuable and would like to help out the podcast, here are three things you can do. One, subscribe to the podcast so you'll get new episodes each week as they come out. Two, share this episode with someone you think could benefit from it. And three, give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. All three of these actions will help to make it easier for others to find us and join the community. You can never have too many good leaders, right? Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon. And until then, keep living and leading well.